It's now time for the Billy C Show, part of the BillyCBoxing.com network. And we're coming to you live from the Billy C Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caligero, and it's time for the Billy C Show. Good morning, good day, good evening, whenever you're watching, whenever you're listening. I hope you're doing okay today. Today's show is being brought to us in part by the Title Bout Championship computer game. If you're looking to get a uh, simulation game, uh, put your uh, favorite fighters against fighters of yesterday year or whatever you want, uh, check it out. Get yourself a copy. Visit TitleBoutBoxing.com. That's TitleBoutBoxing.com. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Southern Gourmet Spice Company. Hey, if you're looking to add zest, flavor, or whatever to anything you're eating, uh, check out the Southern Gourmet Spice uh, Company's line of spices. Kenny Bear's Barbecue Rub. Their seasoned salt and my all-time favorite, the Cajun Spice, is where it's at. Make sure you visit southerngourmetspice.com and tell them Billy C. sent you. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to the Baddest Man on the Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can catch a copy while you're watching this show. Just go to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com or just drop me an email, Billy at, uh, I'm sorry, Bill at BillyCBoxing.com. And uh, get yourself a copy uh, today. Um, this is the Danny Garcia, Jose Benavidez Jr. post-fight show. I, I just want to start off by saying we, we, we started doing this show last night live immediately after the uh, fight took place. And uh, all of a sudden had some technical difficulties, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, one of our systems, I have seven systems that we run uh, to produce this show. And uh, one of them... Uh, uh, crapped out and would not uh, couldn't get a kick started uh, so I decided to just uh, come up and, and give you my thoughts uh, Dax Khan and Alex Papali who were uh, uh, ready to roll last night and were doing a great job uh, didn't even know I was going to do this today so uh, I just want to give a shout out to them uh, for all their work and effort we will be back I don't know if you caught uh, my article um, or if you follow us on social media or whatever. Uh, but uh, the, the fire's been lit, uh, and we're back. Anyway, um, back to uh, the post-fight show. Um, first of all, I, anybody that knows me knows that I'm not a big fan of the um, Showtime broadcast team. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. Al Bernstein is the best. Um, Steve Farhood, I, I, I love him. Um, but typically, Mario Ronaldo um, is, is a piece of garbage, in my opinion. Uh, he, he yells at you. He comes up with all these stupid things. However, last night, I couldn't find anything wrong. I, I thought that uh, they did a good job. Uh, Ronaldo has toned it down a bit. Um, let us watch the fight without his stupid shenanigans. I still think he should uh, flip it over to Al Bernstein a little more, uh, get some insight from the guy who's been around boxing more than most. And I'm not sure where Abnamares fits in. I mean, his his technical commentary um, w was good, um, but at times it, it just seemed the same. But I, I give them a thumbs up last night. I thought that they did pretty good. And um, one other thing I want to uh, give a shout-out to uh, is uh, 
my friend uh, from the New York State Athletic Commission, looking gorgeous last night. She wasn't uh, uh, working that particular show, but I couldn't keep uh, my eyes off her uh, as I was uh, watching the uh, fights. Uh, the camera was right on her. Um, I'm not going to mention her name. I will mention her name. Uh, no, I can't. She told me I'm not allowed to. So, but anyway, she knows who I'm talking about, and she is gorgeous. But uh, anyway, let's talk about the fight. Um, Danny Garcia uh, won by a majority decision over Jose Benavidez Jr., which shocked the hell out of me. I got to be honest with you. I watched this fight, and I scored it, okay? Um, now, Steve Farhood and I, I, I think we had the same score. I, I, I gave round uh, three. Uh, to uh, Benavidez. I, I thought that he won that round. Um, it was a close round. And then rounds 9 and 10 were close. Um, but I gave them to Danny Garcia on my scorecard. My, my unofficial scorecard at the end of the fight was 119-109. And um, the official scores, Danny Garcia won by a majority decision. One judge had it even, 114-114. One had it 116-112, one had it 117-111. Um, I, I was shocked at that. You know, Danny looked good. I thought Danny Garcia looked good. Um, he seemed crisp. I mean, look, the guy was coming off a 19-month layoff, all right? He looked good. He was counterpunching. He was in control. Uh, his distance was right on. Um, he was landing some shots. Every time uh, Benavidez tried to, to throw a punch, um, he, he would throw it, and Danny Garcia would, would re immediately react with a counterpunch. So when you're scoring a fight, I mean, that's the kind of stuff you're looking for, you know. I, I mean, today a lot of people get so caught up in the, in the punch stats. Well, that's just two guys ringside counting the punches, and, and they're being subjective with what they feel land or what they don't land. So I, I don't go by that. I think it's, it's fun to, to talk about at the end of the fight just to give you some kind of a comparison uh, model to look at. But the truth of the matter is, is I was watching clean, uh, effective punches and counter punches landed by Danny Garcia to squeak out rounds that were, were close. Benavidez Jr. was showing that Danny wasn't hurting him, but he wasn't throwing punches. He was the aggressor. Yes, he was. He was pushing the action most of the fight. But the truth of the matter is, is he wasn't landing any good shots. Uh, and then the body work that... that um, Garcia uh, produced was pretty good as well. So I, I thought that it was a great showing for Danny Garcia. Uh, he improves to uh, uh, 37 and 3 with 21 wins coming by knockout. Um, Benavidez Jr., uh, he drops uh, to 27 and 2 uh, with, a, uh, with a draw and 18 knockouts. Uh, Benavidez enjoyed a two inch height advantage and a three inch reach advantage that he did not utilize. The guy fought in a crouch position all night long, which I thought was in Danny's favor. The one thing that I uh, uh, am going to mention is they did an interview uh, with Tony Harrison, who's a uh, contender in the junior middleweight division uh, ringside. And, you know, he made an interesting comment because I agree with what he said. He said, this is a good fight. You know, you got two fighters that are fighting in the uh, junior middleweight division for the first time in their careers, um, both coming up from welterweight. And uh, he said, you know, how's he going to fare uh, against a legitimate uh, junior, middle junior middleweight? And I think he's got a great point. Uh, I do think the fight uh, with him uh, would be good. Uh, there's some other ones. Uh, Liam Smith uh, might not be a bad matchup. Um, but the ironic thing is just before uh, we went on last night, just before I watched the fight, 
Um, I, I don't know what made me go look, you know, because normally a fighter isn't ranked uh, after a one-year layoff, uh, especially, you know, uh, on uh, BoxRec. I mean, I know it's not an official, uh, um, you know, uh, ranking, uh, really. It's a lot of people follow it, but Fight Facts is, is the one that uh, uh, all the commissions use, uh, and they, too, don't really rank a fighter until, uh, you know, if they've been out of the ring over a year. Uh, like Danny was, WBC has him slotted in ranked number five. Number five. I, I was shocked to see that. Um, you know, how do you move a guy into the number five position before he even stepped in the ring in a weight class he's never fought in? You know, it just goes to show you that uh, the sanctioning bodies are, are uh, they're out there. You know, just, uh, make no mistake. Um, I know fighters love to obtain the belts, and I know promoters like to promote fighters that have a belt, and managers like to use a fighter that has a belt in their negotiations and all that jazz. But the truth of the matter is, is uh, well, it's basic economics, supply and demand. You know, we have so many belts out there, so the value of a belt, in my opinion, goes down. But nonetheless, I thought it was a really good performance for Danny Garcia. Uh, I'm looking forward to... Uh, uh, seeing him again, you know, I, I, I think that he seems like a, a, a kind of a, a different fighter. Remember, he's 34 years old uh, already. You know, I, again, I don't know if you follow our social media uh, posts. I, I hope you do. Uh, if you're not a, a friend on Facebook, uh, check it out. Talking Boxing with Billy C. Or follow us on Twitter, Talking Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G. And I put a link. I, I wrote a, a quick little article about why I was out for a little bit and the reasons why I came back and um, all that happy jazz. And, uh, you know, I, I made some points that are, are worthwhile to, to read uh, about the state of boxing and, and what have you. But one of the other things I did yesterday was I, I, okay, I've been doing this show for 19 years, okay? Actually, I was talking to the, the infamous Jeremy C. yesterday, and uh, he, he, he pointed out to me that, you know, we may be the we very well, and and I and I'm pretty sure we are, uh, the longest running, at least from the podcast side, uh, show out there. Um, I, you know, we started on a, a podcast network called TPS uh, Net, and we've been doing this for for almost 20 years. So I, I'm pretty proud about that. Um, and uh, uh, you know, I, I made some points uh, about that, and I I posted an old interview that I did with Danny when he was 10 and 0. And I actually had Danny on the show a bunch of times. This, this was, uh, I believe, uh, from 2019. He was just getting ready for a fight, uh, I, if I recall correctly, in Texas. He was fighting a tough kid. And uh, the one thing about Danny Garcia is that when, when he hit the scene, you know, he had the right people behind him from day one. He was on the undercards and non-TV uh, bouts on a lot of big, big cards. Uh, so Danny's been groomed. And now at, at, you know, 34 years old, he, he seems, I mean, last night when we started talking about it, you know, um, I know Dax wasn't that impressed or whatever, but I was. And, and the reason why, not just because I'm a fan of Danny Garcia, because I am, um, and I got this interview I'm going to air probably later today or something, uh, where he promises he wouldn't forget me after he became a champion. And I'm like, Danny. I haven't heard from you, man. You know, you did forget me. But anyway, um, the truth of the matter is, is I, I think he's taken that next step. You know, like all a lot of athletes, especially, you know, superstar athletes, as they age, their body starts to fail them. 
but their mind, you know, they know that they can do it. They learn so much from, from their experience, but the body can't keep up with the mind. Last night, I thought Danny's body and mind was working very, uh, very well. And it's going to be interesting to see uh, when he fights again and who he fights again. Because if Danny really wants to make another shot, my opinion uh, would be for him to uh, fight quickly. Um, you know, take advantage of this outing and use it as momentum for the next fight. Don't pull a, a bullshit layoff uh, for another year, you know, or, you know, wait for the big dollar fight or whatever. Get in there with another guy, um, you know, in the junior middleweight division, a legitimate junior middleweight. He doesn't necessarily have to go with one of the top, top guys, you know, maybe a top 15 or, or top 20 uh, fighter. Get in there, stay busy. You know, generate some coin, uh, f feel the punches from a legitimate blown-up junior middleweight on fight night, and uh, and then maybe take a uh, a shot. I think you sh I think we need to see Danny Garcia in two more fights uh, at junior middleweight before he takes a, a shot uh, at a title, which uh, Jamel Charlo owns right now. Uh, again, if any of you have been with me uh, for any length of time, you know I'm not impressed with the Charlo brothers at all. Uh, nor am I impressed with the PBC, although last night's televised card was pretty good. So I give him a thumbs up, and I haven't ever done that with the PBC or Showtime, really, um, because I, I'm so critical of their production. But last night I had really nothing to complain about. Uh, and if you know Billy Z, uh, that's a problem, you know. But uh, also on the card last night, um, the card opened up with what turned out to be an extremely controversial fight. Um, Gary Antoine Russell, who's ranked also number five in the WBC, um, took on uh, uh, Rancis Barthelemy uh, in a scheduled 10-round fight. Um, this was a great fight, boys and girls. It, it really was. Barthelemy uh, is 37 years old. Uh, Russell is, is 26, 11 years younger. Uh, just lost his father, Gary Russell Sr. Um, had Gary Russell Jr. in his corner. Uh, yeah, you heard it right. Gary Antoine Russell, and then they're, they're all named Gary Russell, uh, except with a different middle name. Um, and uh, these two guys were, I mean, typically you don't mention Bartholomew um, and excitement in, in the same breath. Uh, you know, he's he's been a great fighter. I've always enjoyed watching him. But he's a typical Cuban fighter, which is not a bad thing. The guy is technically sound. Uh, he throws um, uh, jabs. He sets up his punches. He's got ring awareness. He he knows his his ring distance, his uh, fighter distance. Um, he, he's a, he's a solid guy, and at 37 years old, he he's on his last run, and uh, he was performing like that last night. Uh, he rocked uh, Russell uh, a few times. Russell rocked him a few times, uh, but the uh, it all came to a head in the sixth round. Uh, Gary Russell landed a good shot right on the side of his head. It was clearly an equilibrium shot, and it dropped Bartholomew, who's only been dropped a couple of times in his career. Now, he went down on one knee, and then it looked like he, he kind of rolled over. But, you know, after watching a replay, and again, after having the luxury of watching a replay sitting on, on your couch, and in my case, drinking my scotch, um, you know, it, it seemed like he slipped when he went to get up. Then he got up. And he was shaking his head. He was pissed at himself. And from my view, he looked fine. Now, the referee, Murata in, uh, Murda, uh, Murda, I'm sorry, um, went over, uh, asked him to move to the left, asked him to move forward, uh, was looking at him, and then 
I, I still just don't understand that he waved the fight off. And, I, I mean, you know, uh, Orlando Cuellar went nuts, and he should have, the, the uh, uh, trainer of uh, Bartholomew. This was ridiculous. It, it, you know, it was a black eye on an otherwise decent night on Showtime. You know, and, and, and of course that has to happen at, uh, at the hands of the New York State Athletic Commission. Hey, I want to give a shout out to my man, uh, Hawker Mustang, in the chat room right now, up early like myself. Uh, Hawk, we did the show live last night, had some tec technical issues, and I'm uh, just giving my thoughts real quick here. Thanks for joining me live. Um, you know, I, I thought that it, it was... Uh, terrible, a terrible, terrible call. And, you know, first of all, you can't blame Gary Antoine Russell at all or his team or anything like that. I'm not putting any blame on them. It's clearly on the shoulders of Murdoch. He made a bad call. He was not, he shouldn't have done it. Um, if anything, a fighter of that magnitude who's on his last leg, just like Cuellar said, and a fighter like Russell, you know, and it was an exciting fight. I mean, the fans were at the edge of the seat. I was at the edge of the seat. You know, uh, Murdoch not only, and, and I'm quoting, basically quoting what, what uh, Cuellar said. I, I, listen, you know, it, it, Murdoch not only took this opportunity away from Rancis Bartholomew, he also took it away uh, from Russell. Because Russell had never been in the ring with a fighter like Bartholomew. And, and we all wanted to see how he was going to perform. Bartholomew was connecting shots with him. There was no question about it. He was counterpunching. Um, you know, I wanted to see how Russell was coming. I thought he was exposed a little bit. I thought that Bartholomew landed a couple of uh, hard shots that, that no one else has on Russell before. I certainly never saw him get rocked the way he did. You know, and then most of all, Murdoch ruined it for the fans. Listen, one of my big knocks on this sport is that we don't see competitive fight, especially with the PBC. And last night, the PBC unleashes this competitive three-fight card, at least the three fights that were broadcast on Showtime, and everything was good. I, even I couldn't find anything negative to say. And, and Murdoch took it, uh, just ripped it out of our clutches. It was, it was terrible. It was terrible. Anyway, Gary Antoine... Uh, Russell, uh, he uh, uh, improves to 16-0, and 0, all coming by knockout, although uh, last night's was uh, questionable. And Bartholomew, well, he drops to 29 uh, wins, two losses, uh, one draw, one no decision. And remember, it's only two losses. He was a two-weight division world champion, you know. Uh, the other fight we got to see was in the heavyweight division. Uh, Adam Kowznacki was trying to uh, avenge back-to-back -back defeats to Robert Hellenius and uh, stepped in the ring with Ali Aaron Demerizan, and I'm sorry I'm mispronouncing his name, but, you know, I murdered my own name. Um, Adam is 33 years old. Uh, 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 Ali Aaron was 32 uh, coming into the fight. Kaznaki, 20 wins, two losses, 15 coming by knockout. Like I said, the only two losses were stoppages at the hands of Robert Hellenius uh, and uh, Demerizan, 16-1 with 12 knockouts. This was a great fight, um, action-packed. Um, you know, I, I, I noticed a couple of things about Kaznaki that has not improved. Yes, he came in uh, fit and trim at, I think it was uh, 251 and a half pounds or something like that. Um, he doesn't follow through with his punches. Am I the only one that sees that? 
I mean, as soon as he lands, as soon as as soon as he 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 makes contact, it's like he he stops. He doesn't follow through, and he doesn't have any power. He doesn't seem to have power. He's got volume, but he doesn't have power. Uh, the other thing that the kid needs to do is learn defense. I mean, does he have any? You know, yes, they introduced a jab that he was using at times last night, um, but. Um, you know, I, he just didn't use it enough. He took way too many punches, and he ran out of gas, despite being in, in the best shape of, of his career. He ran out of gas. Uh, he lost the fight. Uh, Demarizian won. The way the judges scored it was a unanimous decision, 96-94, and two of them had it 97-93. Uh, he improves to 17-1 with 12 knockouts. Um, looks like you're going to see him again. Uh, I don't see why uh, a top-rated fighter wouldn't want to fight him. He stands right in front of you. His defense wasn't that great either. He seems to have a rock-solid chin, but again, I, I don't think Kaznaki has uh, a lot of pop to test that. Uh, and he uh, he came to fight. I, I think we're going to see him again. As far as Adam Kaznaki goes, I'm not sure. He he, uh, he certainly sounded like he didn't want to go out with a loss, um, but no disrespect to Ali Aaron who I got to be honest, that this was the first time I've ever seen him fight. You know, he's not the kind of guy that you should lose to if you're going to be a, a, a top-ranked contender like Kaznaki uh, wants to be or, or was. Um, I thought that that referee in that fight, uh, Eric Daly, did a great job. He let them fight. And to my surprise, uh, Steve Willis, who, who absolutely drives me insane, with the googly eyes and, you know, trying to get the camera time. He did a really good job in the Garcia Benavidez Jr. fight as well. I didn't see him much, and, and a good referee you don't see. Um, and uh, that he lets them fight. And, and I, I, like I said in the beginning of the show, I thought all uh, aspects of the broadcast last night was good. Um, and uh, uh, I got to give credit what credit's due, man. Got to give credit what credit's due. Uh, well, my final thoughts on uh, Danny Garcia. Uh, loved what I saw. Um, I, I, I can't remember seeing a fighter coming off a 19-month layoff that looked as crisp and as sharp as Danny did. Um, you know, Jose Benavidez uh, let him do that by, by not letting his hands go. Uh, but uh, I'm excited for Danny. Um, I, I'm not sure this is the right move for him. I know he said that he felt very strong at 154. Um, I, he's going to be facing some big guys, man. I mean, Jared Hurd is a guy that comes to mind. I mean, a monster at 154. Even even Charlo brothers. I, I mean, you know, I'm not a big fan of Jamel Charlo, um, but uh, actually, I like him better than Jamal. Uh, but uh, but Jamel is a big dude, you know. And uh, you know, you you have to look at these guys um, and see how they're going to fare, uh, or see how they would fare against a, a guy moving up. Uh, Liam Smith, I mentioned last night, you know, that's a decent fight. But like I said, I, I think that Danny Garcia needs to find uh, a top 15 or a top 20 junior middleweight, fight another fight, uh, then go for, uh, you know, a top five. And then ultimately, uh, if success uh, f uh, follows him, uh, go for a title shot. That would be my plan for Danny Garcia if he were uh, me, uh, if he were under me, I should say. And uh, speaking of that, uh, make sure you uh, uh, keep your eyes open on our social media accounts. Uh, I am going to uh, post uh, the uh, another early uh, Danny Garcia um, <coughs> fight. Uh, I'm sorry, interview that we did. And this one's pretty funny. 
uh, him making all these promises to me that he never kept. And I'm going to call you out on it, Danny. I am next time I see you. Um, as far as some other stuff I just want to touch on, we are going to be back just uh, uh, to let you know. We are going to be back uh, doing the show on a regular basis, whether it's uh, once a week or twice a month or whatever. Uh, we are going to do it. I am also going to get back to uh, uh, writing. Yeah, I don't know if any of you guys know this, but, uh, you know, I started out in this sport uh, writing, you know, well, I started out in the sport as a fan and as a fighter. I mean, I, I very first started out as a fighter, you know, boxing as a kid, um, but uh, became a, uh, a writer and, and then went from there. And um, I do have uh, uh, some stuff bottled up in my wacko brine. And uh, I am going to get them out there. I'm going to work on another book as well. So a little uh, update on me. Uh, also, you want to communicate with me? Well, you know, if you've ever communicated with me in the past, I'm sure you have my number. Just drop me a text uh, or drop me an email, bill at billycboxing.com. And um, uh, let me know your thoughts. I have an email. Uh, I had a, a question, actually. It was a voicemail from my man, Augie, from Riverhead. He's, uh, he, he gets disgusted. He's an old-time uh, boxing fan like myself, um, and he gets disgusted with the fights, but he never misses the fights. i got to give Augie uh, and his son uh, a lot of credit. Uh, they watch all the fights, um, and uh, like myself, he gets frustrated with them. But uh, nonetheless, he says uh, to me, Hey, Billy C., why so long between the fights? Now, he was uh, talking about and complaining about an announcement that was made uh, for the uh, uh, Saul Canelo Alvarez uh, and Dimitri Bivol rematch. And he was going on saying, ah, it's not going to be until whenever it is next year, blah, blah, blah. You know, why is it so uh, much? Well, first of all, I think, my man, Augie, you forgot that Triple G is fighting September 17th uh, against Canelo. So Canelo's going to put all his super middleweight titles on the line, which he still holds, against Triple G. Now, this is the uh, third fight uh, of their... Uh, uh, I don't know what do you, what you want to call it, uh, their relationship. I don't know, um, but uh, it's too late. Uh, Canelo has evolved into a monster. I mean, uh, listen, he won a light heavyweight title against Kovalev. Uh, he fought uh, to uh, uh, win another one when he lost to Bivol. Um, he's just a big uh, guy, and Triple G isn't. He's not a big middleweight. I mean, you know, during his heyday, when Triple G was at the top of the middleweight division, that's what everybody said. Oh, he's so big. You know, when they all wanted to fight Floyd Mayweather, oh, Floyd's too small. He wasn't. You know, Floyd was the same size uh, as Triple G. Triple G was not, and still is not, a big middleweight. And he has not looked that great in his last several fights um, uh, against, you know, uh, certainly not the level of opposition that Canelo is going to bring. Um, it's the money fight for Triple G. There's no question. This is a shut up and leave me alone fight uh, for Canelo. And Canelo is a smart businessman. And, you know, hey, if you're going to throw the, the, the millions that they throw at Canelo to step in the ring, why not fight Triple G? So, Augie, the bottom line is that he's already got it scheduled because, like myself, uh, I, I'm not thinking Canelo thinks he's going to have much trouble with Triple G. I can't see Triple G. I, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge Triple G fan. I mean, I, I, I would love nothing more than to, for Triple G to win and, and actually force another fight. Um, but I don't think it's going to happen. Triple G is 40 years old. He's going to move up uh, to this division. He's fighting a bigger guy, a younger guy. Um, you know, we all saw Triple G's kryptonite is the body punches. 
Uh, he's susceptible to them. They hurt him. And what does Canelo do best? Body punching. You know, so I, 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 I don't see it. I, I'm glad that he got the opportunity, uh, but I don't, uh, uh, I don't see it. So uh, thanks for the uh, question, Augie. And uh, listen, I told you guys this was going to be short and sweet. Uh, again, if you missed it, Danny Garcia uh, won a majority decision over Jose uh, Benavidez Jr. last night from the Barclay Center in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, I was shocked at the scores. 114-114 was the even. 116-112, 117-111. I scored at 119-109. I did have two uh, 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 rounds that I could have scored uh, for Benavidez uh, Jr. And Dax did. When I asked Dax what his scores were last night, he said 117-111. So he agrees with that judge. I'm okay with that score. I'd even live with the 116-112 because there was uh, another round that I did give to uh, Benavidez Jr. that Steve Farhar didn't. Uh, but the 114-114, you know, it's unfortunate that the referees uh, and um, the judges seem to, to, to take fights away from fighters. You know, uh, I will mention real quick, you know, my big hang-up and one of the things, if, if you didn't catch my article, one of the things that, that bothers me is the fans today, the younger fans, um, and guys like Paul, you know, he's, he's fighting uh, Rockman Jr., and it's a pay-per-view. But what I realized is the kid's drawing money, Paul. You know, and, you know, you got to give the people what they want. So I, I, I'm not faulting him, but the fan, the young fan, the problem with the young fan today is that they're not opening up their eyes to the history of boxing. And I believe that the history of boxing is what makes this sport like no other. You know, I, when I get into these conversations, you know, I, if, if you know, know me, you know, I'm a sports fan. I'm a football fan. Uh, I'm uh uh, I'm, I'm a baseball fan, and, and of course, boxing. I want to give a shout-out to my man, Team Batman Boxing. Uh, he was he was part of the show last night before before our technical difficulty shut us. Team, I, I know you were watching there, and I, I appreciate you uh, tuning in again, uh, but what happened was uh, one of our seven systems uh, shit the bed right in the middle of, uh, of it, and I couldn't get the, the thing back up in time. So I'm just giving my quick thoughts. Thanks for coming back. Um the problem I have with some of the young boxing fans is that they're not interested in learning the history of uh, of the uh, um, sport. And, you know, it's like, hopefully you read my book. And if you didn't read my book, you should get a copy right now. Tom Molino, uh, From Bondage to Baddest Men on the Planet. It's a short read. Uh, we're, we're getting closer and closer to the movie, by the way. Um, but, uh, but, you know, the, Tom Molino was a slave. And he was freed. He won his freedom in the ring. And, you know, uh, because of the color of his skin, he's been ripped off all these years later, 200 years. Um, and he doesn't even get the recognition he, he should. He was, uh, forget the fact that he was robbed uh, in the wor first world heavyweight championship fight. Uh, forget that. He should have he won that fight. But he also should be at least... Uh, classified as the first American. Forget about black America. Because we used to have uh, black American champions and, and white American champions. I mean, this is how effed up the, uh, we, the thought process was for, for us. But um, the truth of the matter is, is that he was the first American heavyweight champion that the history books don't give him credit for. And my book does. But the reason why I mention it and give a quick plug for the book is because while I was writing the book, I was 
talking about it on the show. And I get, and this, this puts in perspective of what I'm talking about, why the younger boxing fans should learn the history. I get this email from a kid, and I put this in the book. I get this email from a kid. He says, oh, I'm really interested in learning more about Molino. Can you send me any links, any YouTube links to him, right? <laughs> I remember talking about it on the show going, YouTube links? I mean, they didn't even have cameras when, when Tom Molino fought, you know? So this is the mindset. So if, if young fight fans today can't see a video and make a judge, uh, judgment for themselves on a fighter, they immediately dismiss it. And, you know, one of the, one of the issues uh, that always come up uh, is uh, Sugar Ray Robinson. And in my opinion, Sugar Ray Robinson was the greatest fighter ever. Okay, and, and the argument generally from a younger fan to me is, wow, geez, he's got double-digit losses. He can't be that good. Well, no, you, you got to understand the, the fight game in those days. You know, I mean, these guys were tradesmen. You know, losing didn't matter. It didn't diminish the value of a fighter like it does today. And that's half the problem. So fight fans of today, young fight fans of today, they look at a fighter and they base whether he's good or not on his record. We all know where the O uh, value came from. And, you know, I've said it when he was active, and I'll keep saying it today without mentioning his name. He ruined the sport of boxing. He did very well financially, and he set uh, some standards for fighters to make some more money today, which is all a great thing. But in terms of the fan and us getting great fights, um, he ruined it because uh, maybe that's a reason Murdoch stopped that fight so soon. Um, yes, uh, we want the fighters to fight in the most safe environment that they can. But this is a vicious sport. No one's forcing a fighter to become a fighter. You know, you know what you sign up for. And if you're good enough, you're going to be compensated. You know, um, if not, you shouldn't fight. I, I mean, you know, you, you, shouldn't, you, you shouldn't stick it out if you're not that good. You've got to surround yourself with good people and honest people, which is hard to find in the boxing business, which brings me to my last thing I'm going to mention, that I am, I, you know, I've been, I, I, I was cutting my lawn yesterday, right? And I'm saying to myself, you know, I'm 60 years old now, and I'm saying to myself, you know, I would love one more world champion. You know, I, I, I had a great run uh, doing uh, uh, fights, uh, Chevelle, uh, Hallback, uh, female uh, world champion uh, I worked with, and, and we had a great run. I've worked with some other fighters who, uh, got ranked but never won a title and, and I would love one more shot so if you're a young fighter out there uh, and you're serious and you want to put it in uh, put the work in reach out to me because uh, uh, I, I want to take somebody to the top all right bill at billycboxing.com listen thank you uh, everyone for uh, tuning in and spread the word that uh, we're back talk to you soon ciao baby